I'm Lauren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, and this recording is being posted for August the 16th. Welcome back. These are provided by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. Please feel free to comment, send us email, respond on our website, and consider sharing our content through social media. We always take you to the Bible, and this time in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to take us down through the passage, and I have a destination. I'll make that clear to you as we go along. Ephesians chapter 2. In the year 1987, one of the most famous statements in modern history was spoken and remains a fixture in world history. In West Berlin, President Ronald Reagan made a speech. You already remember the quote. He said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The wall came down in 1989, and one thing I recall is gospel preachers were able to go into that region, distribute Bibles, set up studies, and there are Christians there now. Post-1989, the speech and the quote was widely distributed, tear down that wall. Is there anything like that in the New Testament? but even of higher eternal significance? Oh yes, in Ephesians 2, 14. Jesus is our peace. And as Paul discussed that in the context of the Jew-Gentile separation, he said to the Christians in Galatia about Jesus, He himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So I want to take us there from the context of Ephesians chapter 2. Let's study this in Ephesians 2, and then let's be ready to consider what this means for us today. As Ephesians 2 begins, Paul wants Christians in Ephesus to remember their condition before becoming Christians, especially Gentiles. He uses these words for that purpose in verses 1 through 3 in Ephesians 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's a reference to their past, before they became Christians. They were lost, dead, in trespasses and sins. When they became Christians, how is that described? Verses 4 to 7. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him 
in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Back in the book of Acts, Luke gives an account of those at Ephesus who heard and believed the gospel. They were baptized. In that act of obedience, God raised them from sin to spiritual life. So their past is described in verses 1 to 3. Their present condition is described in verses 4 to 7, and the cause is identified as God being rich in mercy. As to their reception of God's mercy or grace, verses 8 through 10 speak of the activity of their faith in response to God's grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, as Christians, recipients of God's grace by faith, they should walk in the good works God prepared beforehand for their lives. There is another part of this the Christians in Ephesus needed to remember. From verse 11 down through verse 22, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father." So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. The main idea in this paragraph, 11 to 22, 
is peace made possible by Christ. Think of it. If I become an obedient follower of Christ and you become an obedient follower of Christ, first and foremost, we have peace with God. Now, move from the vertical to the horizontal. If I have peace with God through Christ and you have peace with God through Christ, on the horizontal plane, we have peace with each other. In terms of first century, racial divide between Jew and Gentile, the wall was torn down. God took it down through Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Before Christ, Jews and Gentiles were separated and some measure of that separation was the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. In Christ, God took down that wall. Verse 15 says that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace. I hope you had your Bible open and you looked at this and saw this in Ephesians 2. Now, what can this mean to us today? I have three lessons for us to take in. Number one, no one but God could do this. No one but God can provide genuine, lasting peace of the highest sort. One of the persistent questions in human relationships, international relationships, race relationships, is how do we get people to come together and live in peace? Human efforts at mediation are never perfect, always involve compromise, and last only as long as nobody gets upset. How do you get people to live at peace with one another in a permanent way? That is a persistent question here on earth. Let me give you one example. In marriage, husband and wife just can't live in harmony they don't agree on much. They seem to be irreconcilable. They go to a preacher or marriage counselor, often when it's too late. In those sessions, what always results is some sort of mediation agreement that lasts until one of them get upset about something. Then everything falls apart. This happens over and over in society. Human efforts at mediation are never perfect, always involve compromise, and last only as long as nobody gets upset. Men are not good at this. God is. So back to the husband and wife who are in conflict. How can that be perfectly and permanently resolved if the husband will give himself completely to the will of the Creator and continue there if the wife does the same thing and she continues there with the Creator, they now have a foundation for permanent unity. As long as they give themselves to the will of the Creator and live as Christians, there is no wall. God's perfect plan of reconciliation means God can resolve disputes men cannot, and God does that through the cross. It makes a way for walls of division 
to be taken down. Men on earth are inferior in so many obvious ways when compared to the Creator. God can resolve disputes men cannot. When the parties in dispute bring their whole attitudes and lives inside and outside to God, the peace of Christ can rule. Jesus said one time, the peace that I leave with you is not as the world gives. John 14, 27. Number two, Christ is our peace. God can take walls down today through Jesus Christ. He is our peace. Look back in our passage at verse 14. He himself is our peace. In the Ephesians 2 context, the application has to do with the Jew and Gentile reconciliation. But that's not the only unifying result of the cross. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, sinners can come to Christ by the activity of faith and the wall of sin between them and God is taken down. Thus it is that in Colossians 3.15, two Christians, Paul said, let the peace of Christ rule in you. And as we let that peace rule our lives, we have what Paul called in Philippians 4 and verse 7, the peace of Christ that passes understanding. Walls can come down by the power of God, listen carefully, when people respond honestly and thoroughly to Jesus Christ. He is our peace. Number three, division has no excuse among us. I'll repeat something I said earlier. If I've decided to give my life to the will of God in Christ, and you've made that same decision, we are one, we are united, we are brothers and sisters who've placed our lives under the same authority, on the same foundation. There is therefore for such people no excuse for division. Now, that doesn't mean we exhibit no differences. There will always be diversity of background, personality, level of knowledge, culture, and opinion. But with regard to those things that really matter to God, our unity and harmony is built on the truth that we have the same Father and Savior, and we follow the Word revealed by the Holy Spirit. The wall between us and God is removed by Christ, so any attempt to erect walls to divide Christians goes against the peace Christ died for us to have. I delivered a sermon many years ago about those things that divide Christians, and I listed ten things. False teaching, putting into the work of the church what God hasn't asked churches to do, Jealousy, envy, anger, strife, grudges, racism, immorality, pride. I made no claim the list was exhaustive. Only that we need to be aware of any attempt to divide us or put us behind walls contrary to the will of the one who died for us to have peace. God has the power to take down walls and provide peace. He does that through Jesus Christ. Do you want that?
peace with God, the pursuit of peace with others, peace and unity in relation to other Christians, unnecessary and destructive walls taken down when Christ is obediently embraced. Romans 5 in verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So many years ago, a U.S. president said, Take down that wall. Tear down that wall. Long before that, God gave a speech on Calvary. In the death of Christ, his resurrection and ascension to heaven, so that the wall of sin between us and the Father can be removed. May the peace of Christ rule in us. Thank you for listening. We would be delighted for you to get in touch with us. I leave you with this in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ.